The reading is from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. John the Baptist prepares the way. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, joined the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. So it's great to see all of you who are here in church today, um, but also I'm sure we'll be welcoming one or two who will be watching online. And uh, I'd like to say thank you to those who watched online the last time I spoke and uh, sent me and gave me some very encouraging comments and feedback. So thank you to the online people, the online watchers who, uh, who did that. Our reading this morning was um, entitled in the NIV Bible, John the Baptist Prepares the Way. And in these opening chapters of Luke, we see that Luke makes quite a lot about uh, of John the Baptist appearing on the scene. And I really like the Gospel of Luke because in many ways it's the gospel that was written for, uh, for us Gentiles, as we who are not Jews. And Luke was a doctor and a very careful and thoughtful writer. In the first chapter of Luke, he says, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning. It seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke interviewed eyewitnesses to what happened in the life and ministry of Jesus. He carefully sought to establish the facts so that we could be certain that what he wrote and uh, what we have to read was reliable and rooted in history. What we read is a really reliable part. So we're going to begin to look at John the Baptist, but I want to be honest right from the start that my main theme this morning is going to be to talk about Christ as the light of the world. And to that end, I've got one little visual aid here to help us. So as I speak, 
and as you look towards the front of the church you'll see that candle as a visual illustration of Christ as the light of the world but let's look at John the forerunner of Jesus Christ the forerunner of the one who was and is the light of the world now Luke begins his gospel right back in um, chapter 1 by uh, describing in quite some detail the birth of John the Baptist and in those opening verses in Luke's um, gospel he tells us that that for John the forerunner to Jesus that his birth was foretold by an angel his name was given by an angel his mother was barren that he would be filled with the spirit from his birth that he would be great in the sight of the Lord and that he would make ready a people prepared for the Lord he was to prepare people for the coming of Jesus for the coming of the light of the world into the world and for all of us this is a time of preparation isn't it um, I know from speaking to some of you you are already preparing for family and friends to come and visit you over Christmas and we are doing the same and my wife who is far more organized than me has already begun to plan and prepare for our visitors who are coming over Christmas but in this season of preparation let's not forget to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Savior and recognize this most important entry into human history now the passage that uh, Clyde read to us it's about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus and Luke is very very careful about the emergence of John the Baptist and beginning his life's ministry Luke dates his appearance on the scene in six different ways by who was ruler of a certain region who was king of a certain region who was the high priest at the time so that we can accurately if we want to really reliably established that point in history when John the Baptist emerged onto the scene and his job was to prepare people for Christ's coming and that little section closes with and all mankind will see God's salvation and what is God's salvation it is Jesus Christ he is God's salvation and that's why Simeon an old man in uh, who lived in Jerusalem at that time he goes to the temple at just the time that Jesus is presented at the temple and Simeon says now dismiss your servant in peace Lord for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel why was Simeon now ready to depart this earth 
because he had seen the babe Christ, and he recognized him as God's salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. And when we see Jesus Christ, when we really see him, we see God's salvation sent to this world. Christ, the light of the world. Now, John was the forerunner to the light of the world coming. But Jesus is the foremost one. And John's birth was foretold by an angel, just like Jesus's was. John had a name given by an angel, so did Jesus. John's mother was barren, but Jesus's mother was a virgin. John was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, but Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. John was going to be great in the sight of the Lord and make ready a people prepared for the Lord, but Jesus is the Lord. John was the messenger, but Christ was the message. So John was the forerunner to the light of the world coming, but Jesus is the light of the world who has come and shed his light into this world. And Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Many of you will be familiar with this very well-known picture, this painting of Christ, the light of the world. It was uh, painted by William Holman Hunt, an English pre-Raphaelite painter. And he painted it to illustrate Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. The verse that says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Holman Hunt painted that between 1849 and 1853. Someone bought it, and it now hangs in the side chapel in Keble College, Oxford. Shortly afterwards, he painted a second smaller version, which hangs in Manchester City Art Gallery. And then, because King's College started charging an admission fee to see the painting, uh, in 1900 to 1904, Holman Hunt painted a larger, life-size version, which now hangs in St. Paul's Cathedral. And Holman Hunt said, and there's a quote of his own words, I painted the picture with what I thought, unworthy though I was, to be divine command. Many people have said it's the world's greatest evangelistic picture. After it was painted, it was taken on a world tour and drew large crowds wherever it was exhibited. It is claimed that when it went to Australia, 80% of the population in Australia at that time saw this picture. Christ, the light of the world. 
Why have I used this little visual aid this morning? Christ, the light of the world. This is the Amnesty International symbol. A candle surrounded by barbed wire. And the reality of Christ coming into the world is, Christ came into a world that was cruel and harsh and barbaric at times and unjust. And he came to be a light in this dark world. He wasn't crushed by the darkness, but shone through the darkness. Up above us, we see an image of Christ crucified. And those wonderful words, hereby perceive we the love of God. I was brought up in a, a non-conformist church. We didn't have images of Christ in our church. And if we had a cross, it was always an empty cross to show that the cross was empty, the tomb was empty, Christ was risen. But while the empty cross and the empty tomb show us the power of God, I do believe that the crucified Christ shows us the love of God. He stepped down into this darkness. He stepped down into this cruel world. He didn't stay up in heaven. He joined us in human suffering and shed his light into our darkness. He died a barbaric death. But in Holman Hunt's picture, we see that crucified Christ resurrected and robed. And here he comes and stands at the door of our hearts and our lives and knocks. One of the most famous features of this picture is that there is no handle on the outside. The handle's on the inside. We have to let him in. Have you let him in? Will you let him in? Maybe for some of you this morning, you have never really let Christ into your heart. Well, let me encourage you to do that this morning then. Just say, into my heart. Into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And if you say that prayer for the first time this morning, then please maybe just mention it to me or one of the other leaders in church afterwards. We'd love to help you a bit more with that. Have you let him in? Will you let him in? And for those of us who have let him in in times past, have we let him right in? Right into every area of our lives, from Monday through to Saturday, not just on a Sunday. Is he in? Is he right in? Christ, the light of the world. John was the forerunner to that light. Jesus is the foremost light of the world. But to us, his followers, he says these words. You are the light 
of the world. And that occurs in the Sermon on the Mount, which we believe was the regular and repeated teaching of Jesus Christ. This was what he regularly, regularly and repeatedly taught. And so he says to us, who are his followers, now you are the light of the world. And so I want you to indulge me with a second visual aid for just a little while this morning. Seriously, if you have a mobile phone, will you please take it out now? And if you know how to, switch on your little torchlight. Will you please switch it on? Will you please hold it up? And as you do so, think, recognize, and remember, you are the light of the world. And we're just going to dim the lights in the church. So Christ Church, honestly, seriously, and sincerely, look around. In this darkness, you, you, you are the light of the world. Now together we make quite a light, but what about when you go out from this place? When you go back to your school, your office, your street, your home, your workplace, please remember, you are the light of the world. May God help us to shine for him and for his glory. Whoops. <laughs> now, look at how this, uh, this little passage in Matthew's Gospel ends. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven.